The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum. Coming up momentarily, Frank Dolce is going to be on the show at 4.30. So we'll talk to quarterbacks. We'll cover the Utes and Cougs into things with those two. Doing all right over there? Yes, I am. I am. Did you make yourself a nice sandwich today for lunch? Uh, no, I didn't have a sandwich today. Had one made for you? No, I had a, I had a late breakfast, and uh, I ate uh, breakfast around, I don't know, mid-morning. And that... That, that tied that, you over, right? That did it, yeah. Some avocado toast or whatever it is you hipsters are eating these days? No, it was just plain uh, cereal with cashews and grapes mixed in. You put your own cashews in your cereal? I did. Wow. I've, I've honestly, I, I shouldn't tease, but I've never heard of anybody doing that. I did. And then I used like almond milk or something. Or maybe it was cashew milk. I don't know. What's the matter with uh, good old-fashioned milk? I don't know. I used what was in the You're fridge. usually extraordinarily passionate about your dairy. And you're you're bagging on milk now? I, I, you're I, a dairy guy. I feel like you're cheating on milk here. I haven't had moo juice in I don't know how long. Sure you have. You eat like a pound of cheese a day. You know what's in cheese, right? I'm talking about milk. Hmm. What a silly discussion. Yeah, it sure is. Who brought this up? Let's get out of the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their uh, irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Joining us now, former Cougar quarterback. He's our friend Tanner Mangum. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, Jake? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great. Uh, let, let me bring you on a conversation Gordon and I were having. What do you, uh, what do you read into the win over, uh, South Florida? Is it something to be alarmed about because the defense didn't play all that well in the second half? Or do you think there was a little let up after having a big lead? No, I think it's definitely a cause of concern on the defensive side of the ball, uh, because I think it exposed a lack of depth. Obviously, BYU has suffered a lot of injuries over the past couple weeks, and uh, I think Keenan Peely was missed. Um, you know, Tyler Batty, Nisa Mahe, some some key pieces to that defensive uh, front, and, and and it showed. I mean, for the uh, for the BYU offense to only get three possessions in the second half because USF's offense. Um, was on the field for so long and BYU defense couldn't get off the field, I, I think that doesn't bode well for some of the future opponents that uh, that the Cougars are going to have to face. So while I think the offense showed uh, some great signs of resilience in dealing with uh, offensive injuries as far as filling in for them, I, you know, I, the offense played really well. But the defense uh, didn't, didn't – 
uh, as far as you know, showing well, uh, I, I, it was not their best performance, and I think it could be a cause cause for concern moving forward. Tanner, if uh, if a team gets uh, blown up on a big play, uh, I guess I can see that mistakes happen sometimes. But when you see these fourteen play drives going down the field or whatever they were, uh, that seems like it's a little more convincing that something might need to be taken care of there. Do you agree? Exactly. No, 100%. I mean, that, that's why it was so uh, honestly alarming just to, to see these long, sustained drives that, that South Florida put together. Uh, I mean, like I said, BYU's offense only got three possessions in the second half. It was like they – I mean, I, I, I've been in some of those games where you're just sitting on the sideline um, for a long time, and, and it totally shifts the momentum. It shifts the uh, the energy and the whole rhythm of the game. It's hard to get in rhythm. It's hard to keep your um, the, the momentum going. And 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 that's, I think I agree with you. That's where it's more of a cause for concern that that BYU you know, couldn't get off the field. They couldn't get stops. Um, couldn't get stops on third down. Couldn't get stops on fourth down. In uh, just you know, very long, sustained drives, and you could see it that the defensive front wasn't creating quite as much pressure. Uh, they weren't stuffing the run like they were before. Uh, the tackling wasn't quite as, sh- as sharp as it had been in, in weeks past. Um, and the uh, the contain on South Florida's quarterback wasn't nearly as effective as it had been the week prior against an also mobile quarterback uh, from Arizona State. Um, you know, he, this, this South Florida quarterback was just running all over him, uh, running around him and – uh, you could just tell that the uh, the depth is, isn't quite uh, where it needs to be, and and I think you kind of if you take a step back and you look at the big picture here, that's something that that's kind of the next step that BYU is going to really have to address when it comes to joining the Big 12, because injuries are going to happen every year; they always do, and so it's a matter of depth. And uh, great teams have have a next man up mentality, and uh, you're going to have to have those those holes filled. If you're going to expect to sustain success, uh, you're playing a tough schedule week in and week out. Speaking of depth, how did you think uh, Romney played? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> I honestly am just so so impressed by Baylor and the way that he uh, handles himself, the way he carries himself, uh, the, the poise that he plays with. Uh, I saw it in a little bit in 2019. I saw it a little bit in 20. 20 last year, and as you see it again this year, and whenever his number is called, he's ready to go. And he might look a little bit unassuming. You might not, um, upon first glance, think he's going to uh, torch you, but he does very quietly and calmly in his own way. But what impressed me most was his accuracy and and, uh, those deep throws down the field that were just on the money. Uh, He's an accurate thrower. Uh, and and he makes good decisions. He, he took great care of the football, extremely high completion percentage, uh, didn't put the ball in harm's way. And and that's, that's I mean that, as a as a BYU fan, that's very promising uh, and encouraging to know that you have uh, two great quarterbacks that can help help you win. And no matter who's in, you can feel pretty confident. Um, you know, Baylor might not have the the athletic ability that Jaron has, but he still made some plays with his feet when he needed to. Um, but his, his his accuracy and his de- decision making were on full display, and I thought he played an amazing game. Yeah, those deep balls you were talking about. There were t- the times when the receiver didn't break stride at all. The ball just floated down right where 
<laughs> where, right yeah. where it was easy to catch right and on move point. on. Yeah. So that was impressive. So I want to ask you back about the defense, Tanner. Is it was the weakness in the second half? Okay, let me give you some choices here. You already talked about the injuries. Was it because of injuries? Was it because the defense got lackadaisical because they were up twenty-eight to six, or uh, is it a schematic problem? No, I would say it's, it's the the former, the the depth and the injuries. Uh, I think this the scheme the scheme has been great all year long. I mean, you look at those first three games, the defense played really well and held their opponents to, you know, low, low scoring games. Um, and I don't think it was a matter of effort and being lackadaisical. Um, you know, I, I think Kalani's teams and Coach Turiaki's teams, they, they play hard. They, they play with effort. They run around the field. And, and that's not where I think the issue is, but I think it's just in a lack of talent, a lack of um, depth at certain positions. You could just see there was a difference. There was a drop-off in certain um, areas of the field, and it's particularly the defensive front on the D-line, and then also in, in the linebacking core. Um, just, you know, good, still still solid, you know, still good players, but just not quite at the same level that all uh, the starters provide. You could just tell in, in, the, in the physicality um, and stuffing the run and containing the quarterback and, and the tackling, it just it wasn't at the same level that it was before. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a, an area to watch this next week uh, against Utah State um, and, and Boise State. is the, the, Let's see how those guys improve because they're going to have to. They're going to have to make adjustments. And um, But, I, I, you know, I would be on the lookout for those because I think that that's, to me, that's the, uh, the, the one, I guess, area of concern um, moving forward the rest of the season. How did you view the rivalry with Utah State when you were at BYU? Was it a big deal or just another game, or how did you look at it? I, I, it's a big deal, and it's not quite at the level of, of the BYU-Utah rivalry, of course. I think there's just kind of a different element there. It's not quite as intense. Um, but I think in particular where it really, I think, took another went up another notch was in 2017 when Utah State really began turning things around. They had a great team. They had Jordan Love. They had a couple other guys that went on to the NFL. Um, they, they had a new offensive scheme, and they played fast, and they put up a lot of points. And obviously 2017 was one of the worst years for BYU football. I mean, we, we were bad. We just couldn't get things going. Um, offensively, we were pretty young, and, and just, it wasn't a good year. It was, it was kind of the – a, a perfect storm for BYU um, as far as, you know, Utah State being really good and BYU being really bad. And and they took it to us at, at home. Um, sorry, sorry, this is not, they took it to us on the road uh, in, in, in Logan and, um, you know, just poured it on. And, and it was, it was a tough one to be a part of. I, I was, I had just been injured and, um, and to, to, I guess to see the kind of tide shift, and to see the, um, uh, the the excitement from Utah State side as far as being able to take the wagon wheel back, that um, really kind of gave me another perspective. And then the same thing happened in 2018 when they they came to Provo and beat us again. Um, you know that that you could feel the momentum that is, you could feel the kind the rival the feeling of the rivalry shift. And I think it's uh, in recent years it's it's picked up. And and I know uh, last year wasn't Utah State's best year. It was, it was a blowout in Logan, um, 
no, no. I'm, I'm losing track of where the games were. It, it was a blowout, but I think this year, um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Utah State, I think, is, has turned it around a little bit. They've stepped it up a little bit as compared to last year. Um, but there's definitely some some tension there, and I think guys would be would be lying if they said there wasn't. And while it might not be on the scope of a Utah game, it's it's still a big one, and people are you know really fighting to keep that wagon wheel. Um, you know, they're really fighting for that wagon wheel. So all that, uh, considering all that you just said, what's it like to play uh, at Maverick Stadium? What uh, I mean, the fans are pretty into it, especially when their team were they three and one so far. They yeah, they had that uh, hiccup against uh, Boise State, but uh, what's that stadium like? It's pretty wild, isn't it? No, the fans are very into it. In 2015, we played there at the end of the season, and they're loud. They're rowdy. It was a cold game with snow banks on the sides of the field, but that uh, didn't stop the fans from coming out and being vocal. I mean, from behind our bench, fans were continually yelling at us throughout the game, uh, talking trash, yelling things at different players, uh, and the student section is rowdy. They they had a they had a, a sign in their student section that I'll always <laughs> that I'll always laugh at, but it said the only cougar I like. Is Tanner Mangum's mom, and uh, <laughs> I, I I didn't know exactly what they meant by that, but it gave me a good laugh. Um, and and then I, again, I mentioned that 2017 game where I mean they were loud, they were rowdy, and of course when with with, with that being a blowout win for the Aggies, that crowd was was intense and loving it, and you could really get a feel for just how how um, loud and, and supportive they are of their team. So, uh, yeah, it'll be loud the, this this week. It, it always is. And so it'll be a good test for uh, for BYU to go into that environment and, and um, you know, a, a good challenge ahead for sure. So, Tanner, I know your mom. Uh, did you have a conversation with her about that? <laughs> I did. I did. It was we both had a good laugh about it. <laughs> or maybe you should have talked to your dad. <laughs> Tanner Mangum is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I uh, want to ask you about Utah's quarterback situation and how that's playing out. Your your thoughts, uh, I mean, talk about Cam Rising, but how it ended for Charlie Brewer as well. Uh, I it's This is a very uh, tough situation, and I think a lot of it comes down to the overall situation that Utah quarterbacks are often put in. Uh, I think Utah in, in years past has had a lot of talented quarterbacks. By talented quarterbacks, I mean their ability to play the game, to, to throw the ball, to um, read defenses, to make decisions. I think they, they have talent there. But oftentimes, the system that the quarterbacks are thrust in and that they're forced to, to play in oftentimes hinders their ability and their talent. Um, and it's a lot of the time comes down to Kyle Whittingham's influence on the offense and his, his coordinators and the way that they choose to play the game. If you look at some of the top teams in the country who have had the most success throughout recent years, They've evolved a lot. Look at Alabama, for example. For a long time, Alabama and most of the SEC were known as defensive juggernauts. They hung their hat on their defensive play. They had very, I would say, slower um, 
pro style, you might want to call it, because that's that's kind of how the pros worked for a long time. But even the pros were evolving. Um, they weren't known for having dynamic, explosive, 40, 40, 40 points a game uh, type of offenses. But now you look at Alabama, and they're probably the, the most um, complex, explosive, dynamic, creative um, offenses in the country, and they put up insane points week in and week out. They have amazing talent, but they also have a system in place that pushes the ball downfield, that's up-tempo, that has receivers in unique creative concepts that allows them to get open and allows the quarterback to really throw the ball all around the field, especially downfield. Going back to Utah, they haven't evolved. They haven't moved away from their system that they always run, that's just very conservative, a lot of run, not a lot of down-the-field passing, very uh, basic vanilla concepts, nothing that's, nothing that's very, um, uh, I guess, complex. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward. And Utah has, has always had good defenses that helps them win games, that helps them um, get turnovers, gives the offenses favorable field position. They've always had great special teams. But their offense has never been um, super explosive or high scoring. And, and I think it's, it's continually being exposed, and this is another example of that. Regardless of who they have in a quarterback, whether it's Charlie Brewer or Cam Rising, the system is holding them back. The, their overall style of play is not allowing them to be in positions to succeed, to put, on, to put up points and win games. And I think they've, they've been able to hide it in years past with, like I said, defensive play, special teams play. And pretty good talent. You know, they they have they've had great talent, which some which can sometimes mask bad systems. But in this year, I think their their talent isn't as good, and so their system is really being exposed. So, how does a quarterback feel about that, Tanner? Because I know there was a, a year there when you were at BYU when it seems like the offense got real conservative. Does that is that frustrating for a quarterback? I mean, how do you handle that? No, 100%. I mean, I played in three different offenses at BYU with Robert and I, um, Ty Denver, and Jeff Grimes. And, and, you know, the systems changed a lot. And so I, I got a taste for different systems and, and, and how, how they work and how they fit with different skill sets and different uh, types of talent. And it's very frustrating when things get, when things get conservative or when things get um, slow or predictable or vanilla. Um, you need offenses need um, tempo, and that's why I, I mentioned the pro game. The pro game is changing too. The program has evolved. It, it, it's it's up tempo, much more passing down the field, explosive plays, um, high, higher scoring games. Offenses have the advantage, and, and the, the college game is, has reflected that. The pro game is reflecting that, and it's it, not only is it more effective, but it's it's more fun. Uh, it allows you to to play loose. I mean, that 2015 team that I was a part of was 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 a lot of fun because it was it was up tempo. We go no huddle. We throw the ball a lot. Um, you know, had had great receivers and good good good, good offensive line. And when you have all those pieces together, you, you can see success. Um, but uh, it, it, that's why I, I I talked about a quarterback is only as good as the supporting cast around him. And a big important element of a supporting cast is a system. That allows the players to succeed. That that where the players know what they're doing. It puts them in in good positions. They're creative concepts that that help them get open and allow the quarterback to make easy reads and easy throws. 
And when you have all those elements together, it works. But when you don't have a good system, even a good quarterback can can look pretty bad. You know who can relate to that right now is a certain quarterback plan for the New York Jets, huh? Yeah, hundred yeah, okay. percent. That yeah. is a case in point right there. All right, so Tanner, one last thing I got to run by you is I saw some video over the weekend of a certain daughter of yours who uh, was playing flag football, six years <laughs> old, uh, taking it to the house from the the other side of the field. I mean, and then I heard she also sacked the quarterback. Is that is this true? <laughs> this is true. Yep. My uh, uh, my six year old had a, had a pretty successful uh, flag football game on Saturday. This is it was her third game, and she she hadn't really done much in the previous weeks. And so it was, it was a lot of fun to see her uh, get better. And as took one to the house, it was a it, it all like you know I don't remember how long the field is. I think the fields are like fifty yards, but it was you know a full fifty yard score. And then very next drive, yeah, like you said, got a, a sack, pulled the flag uh, right as the, the quarterback was throwing it. Pretty fun. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty fun to coach these kids. Definitely a different experience coaching um, first graders, but she's got, uh, she's got a bright future ahead of her. We'll, we'll see, we'll see what, how she uh, continues to improve. Going, up, going, going up against the boys too, right? Exactly. That's what I was about to say. It's fun seeing her compete against these boys. She's the only girl, one of the only girls in, in the whole league, only girl on her team. And, um, you know, there's been boys like pointing at her who are kind of confused to see a girl on the field. So it's fun to see her kind of take it to him and, and uh, run, run by them and, Leave them in the dust. Good coaching, right? Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Good coaching. That's really cool. Yeah, I had to bring that up. Sorry, I'm not. I might be biased there a little bit. <laughs> Just a tad. <laughs> no, it was, it was pretty cool. Thank you, Tanner. We appreciate you, buddy. No, thanks for having me, guys. That's Tanner Mangum uh, with us here on the Big Show. He joins us each and every Monday. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.